0: hi this is jordan moorhead and this is austin real estate investing today we're going to be going over a deal that that i actually just sold in east austin and i I bought it back in 2018 so i wanted to talk about it a little bit here on the podcast and just really show you what's possible in the austin area and what you need to do to get good cash flow and have a good exit on the deal so real quick just going to go over simple questions just like i do when i'm filming a normal podcast Although this one is just gonna be me today. So, my name's Jordan Moorhead. I'm a real estate investor and also a real estate agent in Austin, Texas. I started real estate investing in 2016 by house hacking a duplex property, and I've continued to house hack ever since. At the same time, along the way, I've continued to buy rentals. So, through my savings with house hacking, I've been able to save a lot of extra money and I've put all that back into real estate in some way or another, either through rental properties or passive investing, and just continue to house hack so I keep my expenses low, and I can buy those properties with those low down payments and move into them. Now how I've continued to house hack over the years is I haven't always kept the property. So with house hacking, you can buy a property for as low as 3.5% down using an FHA loan, But you only get one FHA loan at a time. So you either need to refinance or sell. I've sold a few properties. I've also used conventional loans to house hack. And that's actually what I just used when I sold this property in East Austin. So I'll tell you a little more about this deal here in just a second. Why I choose to invest in Austin and why I think that it's a great place to be and a great place to invest is there's just a tremendous amount of growth here so they project the city's going to double in the next 20 years and a lot of that is all the businesses moving in so there's tons of jobs moving here it's a really fun place to be so i invest here because i see the growth in the long term but you know i also invest for cash flow so i find bigger rehab projects to do and by doing these big rehab projects i can still cash flow pretty well on my rentals here Um, what attracted me to real estate investing as a real estate investor was I just really loved the idea of acquiring an asset using leverage and having someone else pay it off for me. So it was that simple in the beginning. I thought, hey, buying a house and renting it out and having renters just pay down the mortgage sounds like a really good idea. So that that was my intro to real estate. I learned more about house hacking. I learned about buying duplexes and living them. And then I learned more and more and more about Buying rental properties, syndications, investing in syndications as a passive investor or a limited partner. And that kind of stuff has just made a whole lot of sense for me. Um, I have a question here saying, tell us about your worst deal. I would say this one that I just sold was my worst deal for several reasons. Now it it ended up being a great deal, and I'll I'll tell you about this in just two seconds here, but this one was the, the most management intensive. It, I seem to have calls and texts from the tenants almost every week, and I haven't quite yet figured out why. When you've got a few rental properties, you'll have one that's just not performing as well or takes more of your time. And this property in East Austin in the 78721 zip code was just that. The street is certainly transitioning. So the house next door was in terrible shape. The house across the street was brand new. The next house across the street was in terrible shape. And people partied at it and drank all day, almost every day of the week. So it was hard to attract tenants because of the state of the street. But I still rented it out really easily. All all sorts of people want to live close to downtown Austin, myself included. I also still live in 78721. But you just have to find the right tenant for that. And I kept finding high maintenance tenants for this property. I I really can't tell you what attracted them. It just it ended up not being something that I wanted to manage. I self manage. It wasn't something I wanted to self manage. And I had a bunch of equity in it, so I bought it for two hundred and sixty thousand dollars in two thousand and eighteen. It was a house hack. It was a single family with an ADU, so it was listed at two ninety. We negotiated down to two sixty after i put it under contract i actually put this one under contract for 290 because it makes sense at 290 if you didn't have to do a tremendous amount of work to it turns out it needed a lot more work than you could originally see so we negotiated down to 260. i ended up putting around 60,000 in rehab into this deal and the gross rents were thirty two hundred dollars a month now i rented the front house the three bed one bath ranch home for $1,800 and I rented the ADU, which was a one bed, one bath. was around 750 square feet for $1,400 after I moved out of it. But while I lived in it, I lived in the one bed, one bath, ADU in the back and rented out the front house. So it was a great cash flowing deal for me. It made a whole lot of sense. It just started to be a pain. And I, I came to a point where I bought it for 260, I was into it for 320 dollars all in, and it was worth over $400,000. So it didn't make a ton of sense from a return on equity standpoint to keep this deal. You know, my cash on cash return, initial money invested was pretty good, but my return on equity was really bad. It was below 4%. And that's not really a return that I like to get on my money. And my money was trapped in that house. So I had a couple options I could refinance. I could pull a line of credit on it. But to get all of the money out, I needed to sell it. So that was my decision, was just to sell the property and take all the cash out and reinvest it in other places. Um, People are going to ask, well, why didn't you 1031? I didn't want to be under the 1031 deadline. And on this deal, because I lived in it, I also wasn't able to do a 1031. You know, I just moved out of this. I bought it in 2018, just moved out. In July of 2020. So I couldn't 1031 it right now. I didn't hold it with the intent to rent it out. I rented it out for a few months after I moved out. But then said, hey, this doesn't make sense. Let's just sell it. So I wasn't able to do a 1031. And I just, I'm paying the capital gains tax on that. It's not a huge deal. Um, Sometimes you have to pay taxes. And... In the end, I won't pay so much money that it's just going to kill me. I can reinvest that money and make more. Just made sense to sell and pay the capital gains and move on with my life and my money. Hey, guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys what's one thing newer investors should know is the next question i have here and these are all the standard questions i ask podcast guests i think the one thing newer investors should know is know how to figure out how to underwrite or how to analyze deals that's the biggest roadblock that i see that gets in the way of newer investors is they're just conservative just to be conservative because they don't know they make these ridiculous assumptions about, oh, well, I think I need to save $500 a month for repairs. And I need to save $500 a month for a capital expense reserve. And I just need to be really conservative so nothing goes wrong. That sounds great in your head, but the reality is it's better to be accurate than just to be overly conservative, because if you're accurate, you have a chance at buying a deal. If you're overly conservative, no deal's ever gonna work through your underwriting. Everything's gonna look like a bad deal. Most deals that you underwrite are gonna look like bad deals anyway, so make sure you have accurate numbers. Um, I'm always available to help people learn how to analyze deals. I don't like to do it for them, but I can help you do it and help you learn so you know how to analyze a deal. You can find out most of these numbers. You can call your insurance agent You can call your lender. You can look up the taxes. You can figure out historical expenses. Be accurate with your underwriting. Don't just guess and be overly conservative. That's the biggest thing I see get in the way of newer investors. So my best mindset advice is just think big, think long-term. The question is, what's your best mindset advice? I really recommend You know, think bigger than just your first deal, but at the same time, think long term with it. You have to get started to build a portfolio. So if you want to own 20, 30, 50 units, you have to get one. So think big, but also just take those steps forward. Get the first deal done. That's your hardest. Hardest deal is always the first deal. So If you're going to do real estate investing and you're going to make it part of your career and part of your investment portfolio or maybe part of your retirement, make sure you get the first deal done. Don't just do any deal, but find a deal that works and get it done. It doesn't have to be a great deal. You're going to do a lot better hitting base hits over time than you are trying to get this home run deal where you just make all this money and you think you might get rich off the first one. People don't get rich off one real estate deal. You get rich off doing multiple deals over and over and over, over years of time. So my favorite business or mindset book, just to get you in this spot, is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think everybody should read this book. If you haven't read it, you're doing yourself a disservice. It helps you with the mindset shift to be an investor and think like an investor and think big and keep moving forward. After that, I recommend The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. They talk about in there, too, is just making this repeatable and doing it over and over. If you do this for 10 or 20 years and you buy a rental every year for 20 years, you're going to be in an awesome position at the end of that 20 years. Think about 30 years down the road if you bought a rental every year. I think it's it's absolutely what you need to do. You need to think of this as a long-term game and you're constantly improving and you're constantly getting better but you need to do that by doing deals. You know, you don't learn in real estate investing by listening to podcasts and going to meetups and going to seminars and not doing a deal. You need all of this back end stuff. You need to listen to podcasts and read books and go to seminars and talk to local investors and go to meetups and, and figure all this stuff out and then do deals at the same time. So if you start adding all that on top of each other, If you did a deal and then you kept learning, you did another deal and kept learning, five years down the road, you're going to be an incredibly sophisticated real estate investor with a lot of experience. And you're going to be doing much better deals because you understand it front and back. Not only have you done all this education, but you've also done a lot of deals. And you learn so much by doing your first deal and doing your second deal and doing your third deal. And then things just get easier and easier as you go. I have a question here. How can people get a hold of you? I think the easier ways to find me are on Bigger Pockets, on Instagram. If you just Google me, it's Jordan Moorhead. I'm really easy to find. My number is 502-855-1379. Last one, probably my favorite question of the podcast, is what's your favorite restaurant in Austin? I love the 313 Pizza. I think if you haven't tried it, you need to drop everything you're doing right now and go over to FIA 313. I've just learned that they're now starting to expand across Texas, and it looks like they'll expand across the US here soon, but it's some of the best pizza I've ever had. So just to recap here, guys, you can still do deals in this market in Austin. My deal here was a great example of it. I bought it in 2018, in August of 2018. It was on the market. It had sat on the market for quite a while, When I purchased it, they dropped the price, and that day I put a full price offer in because the numbers worked at that price. So these deals that are overpriced and sitting on the market, at some point in time, they're going to have to make a move if they want to sell it, and you want to be there to jump on it when that happens, but also make an offer lower than their list price. If it's been sitting on the market for 60 days in this market, it's severely overpriced, And if you make a lower offer, it might just be right before they were about to drop it. So get out there guys, make offers, do deals. You know, I really think that house hacking is the best way to go if you're starting out and you're at all able to do this. You can live in a house hack for a year and make a whole lot of sense of it. And it's not gonna cost you too much money. You need to live somewhere. It's not that uncomfortable. You know, if you stay in a place for a little while. So on this deal, I lived in it. I put 5% down. So I put $20,000 down roughly. I spent about $60,000 on the rehab. And on this one, actually, I put all that rehab on credit cards and just paid it off as I went. Not a strategy I would recommend to everybody, but it absolutely worked great for me. I paid those credit cards off and I cash flowed well off the property while I had it and then sold it and made a whole lot of money off it. So, I had around $150,000 gain off this property just by living comfortably for a little bit and taking some risks. So, you're never gonna get there if you don't take risks, but at the same time, don't take crazy risks. If the deal just doesn't work, don't do it. This deal worked because it was a big rehab. And that, that's worked very well for me in East Austin. In the property I'm in right now, it was a big rehab and it's been a great deal so far. So get out there, make offers. If stuff's sitting and looks stale and it's way overpriced, just make it happen. You'll be in a much better spot a couple years down the road if you continually do this over and over than you are right now. Thanks for listening, guys.